0: Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Well, hello and welcome back. I, yeah, what a series. Oh my goodness. I have just absolutely loved interviewing all of those people who have just helped me unmess mess my mess. So today's show is really just about reflecting a little bit on all of those people who essentially helped me just give myself permission. So yes, I'm going to be talking about the need for us to stop waiting for permission. Now, this is the first statement on the Gloriously Messy Me Manifesto, and there's absolutely good reason. So when I was creating the Gloriously Messy Me Manifesto, it was something that really stood out to me. This idea that I was waiting for permission for somebody to tell me that I could go and have and fight for my dreams. And it was something that I really didn't understand because I'd always been that person who had done things her own way. And there was just something about moving out of employment and moving into self-employment even though logically in the deepest, darkest parts of my brain, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I always knew that I would run my own business. I remember a manager saying to me, Charles, you always managed up. (laughs) So there's always been these telltale signs that I was somebody who just, you know, danced to the beat of her own song. Thankfully, I didn't make my own songs up because I cannot sing. However, there's very little musicality in my body, but in terms of that rebellious and that go getting person, that absolutely was always me. But I found myself waiting for permission. I found myself really wondering what was holding me back truly. What actually was I waiting for? I didn't really know. And this is something that has been a huge part of this unmessing you know, the glorious mess that I knew I was. So one of the things I'm going to start with is just to give a shout out to all of those people that have been part of my Unmess My Mess series because they, in their own way, have each given me their own bit of permission to just, just dig a little bit deeper, just scratch a little bit further, just really think about who I am And I'm really so grateful for that. But one of the things I was thinking about when I was planning this this, um, episode is where and why do we find ourselves as human beings waiting for permission? And it didn't take me very long to realize that that's the conditioning. That is the way that as a society, as our communities, as our education system, as our kind of family constructs over the generations and decades and, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, that's the way it's been constructed. And it takes a special kind of person to be able to turn away from that. Now, of course, generationally, things have changed. But one of the things that hasn't really changed is our um, ability to really influence children. So hear me out (laughs) before you start going, what on earth is she on about So if we go back to our childhood, probably most of us can think of a time where we were told, you know, sit down, be quiet, don't get yourself grubby. Um, I certainly was told many a time, you've got a bell on every turf, please shush. Um, I love my parents, but they absolutely will tell you that I talked a lot. Um, And I was an energy bundle. So when we look at, our childhoods typically, and this is generation after generation after generation, and we're getting better at this, but typically we're taught that we need to get permission to do things. So when I was younger, quite rightly, I, I would maybe need to tell my parents where I was going. Always makes me laugh because I grew up in the 70s, 80s or in the 80s. And, you know, the thought of my parents thinking that I was riding my bike up and down the street for six hours um, makes me smile now. <laughs> because yeah we maybe you know push boundaries a little bit um but we we were taught that we had to get permission we had to get permission from our parents we had to get permission from our teachers we had to get permission from our youth leaders we probably had to get permission from somebody else's parents so we were taught and we are taught from a young age to listen to other people's version of permission we're taught from a young age that instead of listening to our intuition and that gut feeling that something's wrong, we're taught what's wrong and right. And this is a real challenge for lots of reasons as an adult. So yes, I'm not saying we don't have to protect our children, do not take it that way because that's not what I'm saying. We have to obviously teach our children. We have to obviously teach ourselves um, risky behaviors, what's right from wrong. We have to do that, of course. But we do it in such a way that we tell instead of helping ourselves, helping human beings find that out as well. And there's ways of us doing that. We can find out how to take risks. We can find out how to push safety boundaries. We can find out how to push personal limitations in a really safe way. And that often means we have to build that knowledge within our own kind of gut instinct. And if you've been listening to me from any space of time, you will know that I'm a huge person who believes in gut instinct and making sure that we are really listening to it. But we have to stop as adults, waiting around for people to give us the nod, for people to say to us, it's okay, you can do this or go for it. Those cheerleaders, we need those support people behind us. But if we're waiting for them to give us permission, then I think we're going to find we end up with a life of regret. And the thing we have to think about when we're we think, we're think we're waiting for that permission is what's the narrative behind that person? Yes, I think anybody that's saying to you, "Don't do it." Are you sure you've thought this through? why would you want to give up i remember people saying to me why do you want to give up a you know a really well paid job that gives you a car i had an audi i love an audi anybody who knows me will know that i've always wanted an audi and i had this company car that was an audi so i had not only given up this you know great paid job and this company car and some amazing benefits but i wasn't happy and i needed that permission at the time to just say okay go on give it a go you know give self-employment a go I needed somebody at that point to say take the risk you're capable I needed somebody to say why aren't you doing it and of course nobody did (laughs) so and when I look back on that people were worried for me People were thinking, well, well, what's she going to do for money? Or people were thinking, what if it doesn't happen for her? She'll be disappointed. She'll be, you know, really upset. It might knock her confidence. Let me tell you, my confidence couldn't have been any worse at that point. I was an absolute mess. And it just was the permission I was searching for that I knew deep down inside me I always had. And... Some of you might have people around you who maybe don't have their best interests at heart. So yes, you're hopefully surrounded by people who genuinely love you and want the best for you. But here's the thing. Often people give advice based on their expectations. Often people give information and support based on what they think is possible. And there are very few people who really are able to understand your dreams, your ambitions, your, you know, wants and desires, and be able to relate to that if they haven't had those similar thoughts. And this is where we come a cropper when we're waiting for permission. If we're not surrounded by people who believe that it's possible, or are prepared to, just support you any which way, then that's when we start to think about not taking action. That's when we start to tell people that they need to maybe think about what they're doing. And I'm not saying jump full in, like I am a bit of a, like a bit impulsive. Um, It's part of my nature. Um, But I do like to think things through. And when I started to really understand how unhappy I was in employment, It wasn't to do with the organization, I could probably have said and I probably did I think I did say that it was the organization at the time, but it wasn't, it was me, I was deeply unhappy with who I was at that time. I didn't like the person I was becoming. And yes, that was partly to do with an organization but that was also partly to do with other things that were happening at the time as well. I'd allowed other people's opinions and other people's views of me to really impact me and who I was as a person. So not only was I waiting for permission from people around me to say, yes, go into self-employment, but I was also looking and searching for what I needed internally for me inside Charlotte Hopkins to actually say, just bloody do it. And that definitely took a lot longer in fact I would say that self-permission happened probably two years after (laughs) I was self-employed much to my husband's dismay So, so yes I had to obviously ask him and and get that kind of agreement. But my husband will probably be the first to tell you that I do what I want. I am a little bit selfish in that way. Um, I like to think that I'm, or oh, I like to think I absolutely tend to do things for the better of, you know, I have my family at the forefront of everything I do. But yeah, I am probably a little bit selfish in that, that I don't want to get to the end of my life and live with regret. I don't want to do another 10 years or I didn't want to do another 10 years doing something that was making other people happy. And I was just being eroded bit by bit, molecule by molecule of who I was deep down. So there's a couple of things I asked myself at that point. And when I was looking for this this permission, then one of the things I had to really think about is why? Why was I searching for permission from other people? And I realized that I was a big people pleaser. That was one of the first kind of realizations. And I didn't really understand why. And those of you who've listened to the um, Unmess Your Mess series, you'll know that Shabnam really helped me unpick that a little bit more. So this feeling of disappointment was always present. And if I'm being entirely honest, still is. I still have those moments where I worry about disappointing people to the point that it can be really quite debilitating. And most of the time now, I capture myself in that. I've got amazing people who surround me that... I now have to say, oh God, I'm just feeling like really wobbly today. And they kind of give me that metaphorical slap where they just go, pull yourself together. And I tend to be able to do that now. But I realized that when I was waiting for this permission, it was a really great excuse for not taking myself out of the comfort zone. By saying, oh, my husband wouldn't have liked it. What will my parents think? Or I might, um, I remember thinking, I might outshine somebody. And I was like, that's that's a really ego thing to say, but it was a genuine thing that debilitated me. And now I don't mind shining and I don't mind shining bright over other people and bringing them into that light as well. But at the time I was really worried that if I outshone anybody, what would they think of me? And that meant that I was searching for their approval. So it was a really, really great excuse. Waiting for approval and permission from other people became that excuse I needed to then not take that big brave action. I also realized that there'd been times where I'd given myself permission and it had completely backfired. So I literally felt like a fool. I felt vulnerable. I felt embarrassed. I felt a bit of shame. I felt really awful that I hadn't been able to make you know, whatever it was work at the time. And there was number of a number of times whether that was, um, you know, from a business decision, whether that was from an employment decision, let me tell you, your self your subconscious will have no problems in throwing all of those memories at you, when you feel vulnerable, that shows stay in your comfort zone. That mind chimp will absolutely pull and throw those memories right into your consciousness to make you go, oh, remember that time when you failed at this? Remember that time when you messed up there? Remember that time when you felt felt really guilty and ashamed and embarrassed because you weren't able to do what you needed to do? Let me tell you, that monkey chimp will absolutely always be there. So your comfort zone will just expand the more you expand and take those risks. But that was definitely the second reason why I was waiting for permission. And the third reason was I actually lost friends and loved ones. Now, I'm really fortunate. I've got a really supportive family and a really supportive wider family. We we don't see each other very often, but we're actually quite close-knit but there were definitely people in and around my sphere at the time that didn't want to see me succeed. People who I thought were friends who weren't really, they weren't going to stick by me. And that was a massive shock for me. But also I realized that those people who are going to be true friends will be those true friends. Um, this was a, something my son said to me a couple of weeks ago. So we were going to a party and I had this beautiful dress on and I had a bit of back fat. Yes, underneath the square of the YouTube video, I have a little bit of back fat. And I had this on and my son just turned to me and said, do you know what, mum, if they're your friends, they won't mind that you've got a roll on the back of your back. And just like that. My son was the person who reminded me that, yeah, true friends will be there regardless of whether you take big, bold risks, whether you're up, you're down, you're moody, you're happy, whether you've got a bit of back fat, your true friends will always be there for you. And when I reflected on that, I realized going back full circle that too many people don't want to see other people succeed because they're scared of their limitations and their expectations. So it was really important to me that I made sure now that i'm surrounded by the right people and i absolutely am really fortunate but not only people who are supportive when i have back fat or when i am um in that position where i feel really vulnerable that they're there for the good times as well as the bad times because often when you are succeeding it's the good times that people don't always want to be around So yes, you'll always have those people who just love to be around you when you're positive, when you're upbeat, when you're optimistic. But it's those people that pull away from your success. They're the people to kind of keep an eye out for as well. So the four reasons why I stopped, and this is what I want you to think about. So the first thing is, I already knew what it took to achieve success. I'd achieved success in multiple areas of my life. So I want you to think about where have you seen success already? Because where we put attention, energy flows. So I think that's the quote. Sounds good to me. But where we put our attention, where we focus our where we focus that energy, of course, that's where the energy w- will will flow to. So if I start to look at what achievements I'd had already, what impact I'd had already, where had I influenced people? I started to really understand that I was really good at what I was trying to do. So I looked at my employment and I was looking at my self-employment and thought, well, yeah, why am I trying to fight a battle where I don't have this knowledge and that expertise? And why am I not putting that energy there? So instead of focusing on what I couldn't do, Instead of focusing on the areas of things that I wasn't very good at, I completely flipped that. And I really started to think about that those kind of um experiences that I'd had that I created the success. So the second thing was I then started to really dig deep into that. So when I had chosen what my kind of big goal was, which for me, it was going into, you know, self-employment and creating Kimby, which is my consultancy, Um, company that, you know, we help people um, go into self-employment. We help people create and utilize their expertise to make them more money, essentially, whether that's through courses or whether that's through coaching or whether that's through consultancy, but we help people do that. So when I started to really see the successes I'd had, I could really dig deep into that expertise, into that experiences, into the qualifications, into the tools. I started to create what I call a warm and fuzzies file. And the warm and fuzzy file was just basically a little notebook with a nice name. And that notebook was broken down into different sections. And every time I remembered a new, uh, like something I'd succeeded in, or every time I remembered that I'd had um, a skill that I'd forgotten about, I added it to the notebook and I kept that notebook with me all the time because as soon as my brain started to clock into what I had been successful in, and as soon as I brought this kind of question to the consciousness of what is my expertise and my experience within this area, blinking heck they just kept coming. And I would be sat at like dinner and I would remember something. I would be going to bed and I would remember something. I would be driving and I would remember something. So because I was putting the energy towards thinking about where I was impactful and successful and having influence, all of a sudden my brain and my monkey chimp is going, whoa, okay, yeah, let's throw that at her instead of, oh, remember that course you did once and 2% said that you were useless? (laughs) So so instead of throwing the 2% stat at me, my monkey brain started to throw out the 98% um, stat at me. So the more I flowed in that um, kind of consciousness of success and influence and absolute hard-nosed evidence the more I started to build this really unshakable confidence in who I was and what I did. The third thing I want you to think about is who have you got around you and what support are they giving to you? Now there are absolutely people who are going to have your best interests at heart and they are going to be worried that maybe, you know, if you take this leap of faith, you are going to find yourself struggling even more so, but My question to you is if you have been thinking about what you want to do for more than a couple of years, then absolutely you need a plan and you need to find support from those people who are solid and who will support that and who will be those solution finders. So when I meet with my accountability mentor group every Monday and we do meet every Monday, we literally thrash out probably not a lot on a Monday, if I'm being entirely honest, Joe and Mandy would absolutely say that we talk a lot, (laughs) but not necessarily always about accountability. But what we have done is built solid relationships where the support comes in is throughout the weeks where we say, I'm having a wobble. I'm a bit confused about this. What do you think about that support is just, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's just, everything that everybody needs and no, you can't all share Joe and Mandy, but what you can do is find that, that creativeness and that support around you. The other thing I kind of did was I realized I had to keep my plans to myself. I am a heart on my sleeve kind of a person. So what you see is really what you get. And my husband will tell you sometimes I'm far too familiar with people and I will be that person who tells a stranger about things that they really don't need to know. I am very much an open book, but I realized pretty quickly that if I didn't want to disappoint people, I needed to not share. So it came from a bit of a place of ego that I had to kind of contain, but that feeling of disappointing people was was really, really strong. The less I've shared in terms of my plans and I've chosen to share my plans with the right people, the bigger my success has been. And ironically, this year, I haven't been able to share my plans with people because I've just been so busy. And the less I've shared, the bigger I've grown, because those people I have shared those plans with have kept me on track. So when we're looking at that permission, giving yourself permission to dream is really important. I am not that person who believes that if we tell our dreams to everybody that those goals will manifest. I'm not that person. But I am a person that believes that we need to tell the right people because it is absolutely inevitable that we will have wobbles at some point. It is absolutely 100% guaranteed that at some point when you're following your dreams, you're going to turn around and think, why am I doing this? This is not I'm just not capable of doing this. That will absolutely happen. So you have to have those people around you that are those going to be able to nudge you back onto a track. They're going to be those people that keep you focused. And the last thing really is that life's too bloody short that if you've been sat thinking, I've been in this job for 10 years, I've been in this job for 20 years. I've got two clients right now who have both been in the, in a job for 20, 20 plus years. And I've got another client, a coaching client who is then, who's been looking at um doing what she's wanted to do for 15 years. That's over a decade that's two decades. That's Life is too short for that. So if you've got this cr- incredible experience and this amazing expertise, and the biggest thing is you've got this huge passion, this burn inside you that is going, I really want to do this. And you've got this chimp that's sitting on your shoulder telling you, you can't do that. Why do you want to do that? You need to get permission I want this episode to be dedicated to you to know that you do not have to have permission from anybody else but yourself. You have to give yourself permission. Yes, you might need to make a plan. Yes, you might not be able to do it immediately after this podcast and go, right, that's it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. But what you have to do is just start to really understand that you have everything inside of you everything to create real impact success and influence and when you realize that and when you allow yourself to really start to be fair to yourself and really see who you are and what you have to give to the world you will absolutely start to change the way that your mindset's thinking And it won't take long before you realize that that permission that you've been waiting for is already there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a really long time. It's the reason why the first statement is you don't have to wait for permission. I feel so, so strongly about this. If, though, you want a little bit of uh, permission, why not get in touch with me and tell me what your ideas are? I'm a nosy parker, so I love to hear what other people's goals and dreams are. So if you just need to let somebody else know to see what they say and you need to borrow my belief in you, then get in touch and let's have a chat. Thank you so much for listening, and I will look forward to hearing from you soon.